a pastor friend of mine says that we are all either just coming out of a spiritual battle or heading into a spiritual battle, whether you realize it or not. So today we look at Psalm 20. Psalm 20 and Psalm 21 are companion psalms. One is, Psalm 20 is a prayer before the battle and Psalm 21 is a praise after the battle. So I pray as we dive into these two psalms that they are a blessing to you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are continuing our series where we take a look at the Psalms and do a devotional reading and some background and some history and culture around each of the Psalms. And today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 20, starting at verse 1. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. So today as we dive into Psalm 20, I think it's important for you to know that Psalm 20 and Psalm 21 are essentially companion psalms or psalms that go together. They are originally written together. And so they are prayers to God about the warfare of his people 
against their enemies. So these were written in response to what the experience was during the season of war. So Psalm 20 is a prayer before the battle and Psalm 21 is a praise after the battle. So I think this is important for us to understand because as people who follow Christ, Psalm 20 can be implied to kind of this stage of ongoing spiritual warfare that we seem to always be in. And and I have a friend that's a pastor who says that you've either just come out of a spiritual battle or you're headed into a spiritual battle because living in a fallen world as believers, it's something that we're constantly going to be fighting, even if we're not aware of it. There's always a spiritual battle going on, even if we're not tuned into it. But essentially, Psalm 20 can be used as a prayer to use during this ongoing stage of spiritual warfare. And to be perfectly clear, sometimes the struggle that we are facing It might feel like it's something in the physical, but most of the time, the struggle is around unseen, very real forces, forces of evil, that we have to get to a place where the thing we desire most, the thing that we deeply desire and trust God for is victory over the enemy and the demonic powers. And we're actually going to do a episode about that here at the end of the month for Halloween on Halloween day. I posted uh, I've already posted and recorded an episode about some of that stuff. And depending on the feedback I get from that episode, that's going to tell me whether or not we should dive into spiritual battle and spiritual warfare as a topic for a future podcast series. So um, be paying attention for that. But I, I think this is relevant in the sense that this is a season that we're headed into, that we're paying more attention to at this time of year. But don't Please don't mistake what I'm saying. We are in a spiritual battle all year long. I think people just are more aware of it this time of year because of the nature of the season. So the the solution, and we'll talk about this over the next couple of weeks, but the solution to the spiritual battle is found in the victory we have in Christ through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. We do not have to fight that battle alone. And we're going to, I think, spend some time on that, unpacking that down the road. But I do want to mention it here because it is mentioned here in, in the Psalms. Um, we read more about this in the new Testament, but I do want to just help us to recognize that as much as God is real, the enemy is real. And, and we have a very real enemy that is out to devour us, that hates us. And sometimes it's blatant, sometimes it's subtle. And, and I think sometimes the more subtle attacks are the ones that we don't necessarily pick up on right away. And, you know, I've said this before, sometimes the enemy will attack us in a way that is really hard to pick up on. Because if it was blatant, we, would, we wouldn't tolerate it. As believers, we would recognize it and we would put a stop to it. Sometimes it's it's a little bit more sly than that. Sometimes it's through media or social media or thought patterns or, you know, you've had a fight with your spouse and then the enemy kind of just plants a seed about somebody at work or, you know, lots of different things that are much more subtle that, that you might think are dependent on human emotion. There's always this spiritual battle that's going on. We're Like I said, we're going to unpack that at the end of the month, but, but I just want to make a mention here of... This idea of the enemy and and what that really means. So 
the word Satan, which is the, the name that the enemy, the adversary is given, it really means accuser or adversary. And if you're not familiar, I want to just explain that a little bit. He was once a great angel and he was a created being. And he was, a lot of scholars believe that he was in charge of the worship that came through heaven. And so he was appointed to serve directly in God's throne room of heaven. And yet before the world even began, he became filled with pride and he rebelled against God. And so as a result, he became God's primary enemy and essentially an enemy to us and to all of humanity. And so we have to keep in mind, though, that Satan is not equal with God. He is a created being, and his power has to yield to God's power. The other thing that I think is important that sometimes we forget is that God is omnipresent and omniscient. So what that means is God is everywhere at the same time. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, and he's omniscient, meaning all-knowing. So when you have a thought, God knows your heart. God knows your thought process. God is everywhere. He can understand what I'm thinking and feeling and going through at the same time that he can understand what you are thinking and feeling and going through. But Satan is none of those things. He has none of those same characteristics. And so most of his activity is assigned to the demons. And again, this is this is an area, we will spend some more time on this down the road, but this is an area where you have to be careful what you say, because there's this whole idea of this whole biblical principle of, of using the words that we speak to either speak life or speak death. If the enemy has no power other than the power that we allow him to have or that we give him, he will use your own words against you. So there's power when when we're talking about speaking life or speaking death. By speaking life, I mean when we are, say, being sick, for example. Like this morning, my one of my daughters had the sniffles. So as we're praying, I'm thanking God that he is the healer and that he is healing her body. And we thank God that he has designed her body to heal. And we're thanking him for, for, for the healing that he's going to do in her body today. Now, we still do vitamins and we still make sure she gets good sleep and good food and all that. But But we have our part and we have God's part. Some people would say, oh, you're sick. You're going to, you're going to get worse. It's COVID. It's this, it's that. And, and here's the thing. It's almost as if when the words come out of your mouth, there is an unseen force that can take it and run with it. So if you are speaking life, then there's an opportunity for God to, to speak, to, to act through the words that you have spoken, uh, through, through your prayer, through your heart, through your faith. But if you have spoken death, there's an opportunity for the enemy and his demons to work through those things because you've just handed over your power. You've just given him permission to make to make that situation worse. You have now just alerted the enemy to what your fear is. And guess what happens next? He will play on that fear and he will use that fear to, to plague you with, with different thoughts. And so... Yes, there's this unseen realm, but there's a lot to be said for how we engage and how how we equip the enemy to attack us in our lives. And I think that's something that we don't think a lot about. So I wanted to point that out.
And to be perfectly honest, we all have a choice. Just like we have a choice whether we're going to follow God or follow evil, we have a choice with the words that we use. And there are, throughout the scriptures, lots of characteristics of the enemy that we can get into later. But at a very basic level, I want you to really pay attention to the words that you're speaking over your life, over your family. And, you know, there are there are things that are... Um, even things that you wouldn't think about. Like there was one time my kids go to a Christian school and they one their their school colors are black and red. And they were doing a like a school pride kind of week and they kept saying, Okay, Friday is gonna be blackout day. We're gonna have a blackout on Friday. And meaning everybody was gonna wear black to support whatever team was playing that weekend. And so all week long, the kids keep saying, oh, Friday's going to be a blackout day. Friday's going to be a blackout day. And we had, you know, always talked to our kids and reminded them, even when we hear our kids saying things like, oh, I'm so dumb or I'm so stupid. I said, we don't, we don't say those things because what the enemy is going to do is he's going to repeat that lie back to you. But what we do say is we thank you, God, that you created my brain to learn. Thank you, God, that um, I have wisdom through the Holy Spirit. Those are, those are the kinds of corrections we always make to our kids. So our kids understand this principle. So anyway, Friday comes and the kids are at school. And do you know what happened? There was a blackout. The electricity went out. And there's no storm. There was no solar flare. There was no thunderstorm. There's nothing. But there was a citywide blackout that nobody could explain. And it lasted several hours. The kids couldn't get any work done. You know, there's no electricity. They ended up having a pep rally, I think. And at the end of the day, my my young daughter says to me, Mom, we had a blackout today. And I said, yeah. And she said, we spoke that. We allowed the enemy to have power to speak that over our school. And we had a blackout today because we've all been speaking it all week. And, you know, while there there may be some truth to that, I don't know, maybe there was an electric grid issue, you know, we have a small town, maybe there's an aging system, I don't know. But what I do know is that she understood that concept, and for her, that was such a clear example, and she's very, very careful now about the words that she speaks, and perhaps it was just an opportunity that the enemy uh, took advantage of. I don't know. Perhaps it was an opportunity that God took advantage of to, to embed that lesson in my daughter, but we don't know. We don't know. But, but in my view, why are we even going to give the enemy a foothold or an opportunity to, to act? You know, he's already the enemy of our soul. He's already prowling around like a lion trying to attack us. Let's not give him more fodder for that. So anyway, that was a freebie. I digress. Let's get back to Psalm 20. In Psalm 20, it says, may the Lord answer. So verse one says, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. The references to an anointed king are, depending on what uh, version you're looking at, there's a reference to anointed and king in verses six and nine that make it clear. And let me read those for you. Verse six, it says, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed and then in verse 9, it says, O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. So it makes this clear for us to understand who the psalmist is praying to. And in, in this psalm, particularly, it is David. So we know that David is praying to God. And those kinds of prayers were customary, especially in the face of a battle that was coming up, which is what we're seeing here in Psalm 20, that, that there would be a prayer 
to God to um, act on behalf of those that are going into battle. And we see that in other cultures as well. They would um, ask on the behalf of whatever God that they, they believed in. And I don't think that's unlike what we experience now. I mean, even people that are not believers suddenly become believers before they go into battle. And so I bring that up just to show that this is a very real situation for David that I think is common to, to most of us. And while most of us probably are not headed into literal battle, we all head into spiritual battles. And so the example here is from the onset is not to take that lightly, not to take it laying down, but to start from this place of inviting God into the situation and to help you through it. In verse two, it talks about Zion. It says, may he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. The temple of Yahweh, the sanctuary, was built on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And and that was essentially viewed as a fortress where God emerged to do battle against the enemy of his people. And and we'll get into that a little bit more down the road. I think Psalm 48, it talks about that. But Zion sometimes can be referred to as the church. Sometimes it's an allegory or uh, referring to the church. But I think here we're specifically thinking about this idea of, of employing God to do battle on our behalf. In verse three, it talks about burnt offerings. It says, may he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. That is perhaps part of a prayer ritual that is used before battle. The king had offerings and sacrifices that they would use to present to the Lord. And sometimes there was a special sacrifice if they knew they were going into battle that they would do to ask for protection on, on behalf of those that were going to war. And we see parallels of this in, in other cultures, but again, I think this is no different than us going and uh, maybe doing a, a prayer service before somebody's going into, you know, a big test or uh, going on a mission trip or doing something they know that there's going to be a testing of their faith. Verse five, we will shout for joy when you are victorious and lift up our banners in the name of our God. Banners is kind of a weird thing for us because we don't really know what that means or understand what that means. But banners were used by the Israelites and other cultures, really, including the Assyrians. And I think um, some of the Egyptian army used it, too. But it was a standard of warfare. And when they assembled the tribes in numbers, you see this uh, in Song of Solomon's, you see this. There's a standard in warfare that they would use banners. And sometimes in some of the armies, like the Egyptian army, they would use the banner to divide up different divisions. And they those ones would have been named for various gods. But this idea of the banner would be a way to identify divisions between different sections of uh, the people that were going into battle. Uh, holding high a banner was a sign of victory. And, you know, you'll see that even now. People hold up a banner at the end of a football game or something. Banners are described, really, in lots of texts throughout the ancient world. And this was something that was really, really pretty common. So while we might not understand that, this this imagery, remember, this is talking to David at David's time when they were going into war. They would use it, essentially, just as a way to organize the tribes as they were marching through the wilderness. We see that um, as they are heading into any kind of 
situation. Um, it was really just kind of like an organization tactic. In verse six, it says, now I know the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving powers of his right hand. Remember, we talked about the, what the right hand means. Uh, I think it was last week we talked about it. If you don't, if you didn't listen, go back and listen where I talk about what that right hand imagery is. It's the same thing here, because again, this is another uh, war imagery that David's referring to. But I, I, I want to pay attention to these words. In verse 6, now I know. It says, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Remember, Psalm 18 was a relief psalm where David was thanking God for his hand of rescue during a battle. And so this was written after that. So there's a confidence that comes after you've been through a battle and you've seen God deliver you. There's a confidence there that cannot be shaken. And so what we're seeing here, now I know, this is confidence being expressed in in this part of the psalm. Sometimes it, it might be a speaking life situation like I just talked to, but, but my sense is that this is David saying, I know, I know who you are. I know God that you have my back. I know I've seen you do it before. I know that you can do it again. And what, what I will say is that um, in my own life, and I'm going to share some of these at the end of the month, especially when it comes to spiritual battle, when I have seen God do a work, that has grown my faith to the point where I can walk with confidence and say, God, I know you can handle this. I don't have the fear that I used to have because I know that you can work in this situation. And even in situations where things aren't 100% clear, I trust the Holy Spirit to protect me or to get me out of a situation or to prevent me from going into a situation because you know what, like David says, now I know. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Now I know. And and I've seen his hand at work so many times in my life that there's a confidence there. That's my prayer for you that that especially as you are headed into spiritual battle that that as you learn and you depend on the Holy Spirit and you learn the authority that he has given you and, and the way that he has already defeated the enemy and how the enemy has no power over you, I want you to pray from a place of now I know. Now, that's hard to say because that means for you to get to that place, you had to have gone through some things. But there's a confidence that comes from that as a result where you can face even bigger things without having fear. You know, my daughter, one of my daughters, she has a gifting of, you know, we, we haven't gotten too much into the spiritual gifts. I think we will. I think that's a series we're going to do soon. But one of her giftings is, is the gift of discernment. And we have always raised our kids to recognize spiritual things. They've been exposed to a lot on the mission field in some of the different ministries that we've done. They've been places that most adults haven't even been. And they've seen things that most adults have not seen. And so for us and our children, it's been a very real thing for them to understand what spiritual warfare is. And, um, it was actually kind of funny because we were somewhere the other day and in the car, Grace said to me, Oh mom, I forgot to tell you that I, I saw a demon the other day. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, I saw this thing running past and it was it was like this black shadowy thing and it kind of was like following me around. And I said, well, what did you do? She said, I kicked it out in the name of Jesus. And I said, that'll happen. She said, well, it left me alone. And I said, 
were you afraid? She said, no, I ain't afraid of that. And I just, I had to laugh because most kids her age would have been petrified if they saw something like that. But she has seen it and she has learned it and she has known it. She's, she's praying from this place of, now I know. Now I know, because she's been a part of, of the ministry that we've had. And and I pray that for you. I pray that you can know, you can pray from a place of knowing God is faithful. And he, he has given you through Jesus, as long as you are a believer in Jesus, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome anything that the enemy would try to throw at you. One more thing in verse 7 I want to point out. It says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That always confused me. I had no idea what that really meant um, other than, you know, maybe it was a weapon of war or something. The chariots and the horses were that that very thing. They were a prestigious weapon in the ancient Near Eastern world that was used in warfare. And the kings would often measure their military capacity in these kinds of terms of chariots and horses. So I think it would be similar to um, how many, like if a government were to say how many tanks they had or how many, you know, fighter jets or whatever. It was kind of that similar kind of mentality where there would be almost like bragging rights if a king had more chariots and horses than the other. And so for that reason, multiplying them was looked upon in the Old Testament as an act of misplaced trust. Because if you were going to bulk up the amount of chariots and horses you had, then you were putting more trust in those things than you were Yahweh. And and it was Yahweh, not military technology and the numbers. It was Yahweh that was going to get you through the battle. And that's where the confidence that Israel should have in battle should should be coming from and we see this in other cultures as well this idea of chariots and horses being used as like a military term so given all that insight i want to reread psalm 20 for you may the lord answer you when you are in distress may the name of the god of jacob protect you may he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from zion may he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings may he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed we will shout for joy when you are victorious and we will lift up our banners in the name of our god may the lord grant all your requests Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. God, we thank you that you have proven yourself faithful over and over again. Lord God, that we can pray from this place of knowing. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. And while the enemy would seek to defeat us and discourage us through these various spiritual battles that we all experience, Lord God, I pray that for my friends, that those battles would be opportunities to understand better your faithfulness in their lives, that they would come through the other side saying, now I know, now I know 
God is faithful. Now I know the authority that I have as a believer. God, I pray that for anyone that is listening today that is maybe doubting their authority as, as a believer, God, I pray that by your spirit, you would empower them. You would fill them up to a place of being confident in their relationship with you and that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, that that, that word would become so real and so powerful in their lives. God, as we recognize the spiritual battle that is always going on, God, help us not to walk in fear, but help us to walk in authority and understand that the battle's already won. And not only is the battle won, but it's rigged because you've won, you fought the fight for us, God. And through the way that Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross and he he resurrected and he beat death, that through the resurrection and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we can walk in that same authority. God, I thank you and I praise you for the way that you continue to teach us about yourself through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, real quick before we get into the closing, I want to let you know about a couple resources we have on the website. We now have available single copies of the She Hears Bible Study as well as the Bible bundles. Those have been on back order for quite a while because you guys keep selling them out, which is awesome. I also recently added a couple new Bibles. One is a study Bible. So a lot of times what I talk about is the journaling Bible, which is what we do the color color method in. But if you are looking for a study Bible, I have one on there that I think is a really good resource. It's an ESV version. There's lots of maps. There's lots of notes. And it'll just be a great way to help you engage with the scripture and understand how it's relevant to your life. So we have that on there. I have Bible tabs. If you are kind of new to reading the Bible and not sure where all the books are in the Bible, the Bible tabs you can put on the side of your Bible and it has all the names of the books of the Bible on there so that when you're going through, it's easy to find each section. So I pray that those resources are a blessing to you and would welcome any feedback you have or other resources you'd like to see in the shop. Again, I'm praying for you. I love you guys. I pray you have a great day. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.